Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I promise, I promise, no more we're on the verge of World War III talk from me. But I forgot one part of what I was saying last hour. Um, the, the, in fact, it was the part I was building up to, and I forgot it. So Biden was on the phone with Putin, said, hey, quit building up there along the Ukrainian border. He announced that we're pulling everybody out of Afghanistan by September the 11th, 2021, the 20th anniversary. How poignant and touching that it's on the anniversary. I hate that. And gimmicky. But anyway, it's because we need to pay attention to Russia and China. And this just in Blinken affirms that Biden said unwavering support for Ukraine in the face of Russian aggression to Putin. Hmm. So you asked last hour if they move on uh, Ukraine, do we do anything? Well, we got to now because the president just said it to Putin, apparently. Unwavering support for Ukraine. Just letting you know that. What does that mean? Well, it means you're not going to waver. It means you move on to Ukraine, you're in war with we us. We will put out so many hashtags oh, about yeah. supporting the Ukrainians. We will make incredibly <laughs> strong statements on Facebook, Twitter, we'll start a and the gram. Yes, all exactly. Of our, all of our shoe and cola manufacturers will have a little hashtag thing on their website. We stand with the Ukrainians. We will enlist our major and minor celebrities to pout at the camera on the gram. No, I, See, that's, uh, mm. I take Biden emphasizing unwavering commitment to Ukraine as meaning you move into Ukraine, you're at war with NATO, us. And we're new to, we're NATO. Um, that's what I take it to mean. You don't? I'm not as confident as you are. Well, it's got to mean that or you're nothing. Yeah, you're a big freaking talker. You're going to flap your hands and run away and scream like a girl? I'm sorry. Like wow. a child? Sexism, folks. Oh, I'm as shocked as you are. Cancel him. Cancel him. Canceled. <laughs> I never say that thing around, sort of thing around my son, the sort of thing that was said a lot when I was a kid. Canceled. Where's my canceled? Come on, my Jack Armstrong. Canceled. Because I don't think that is fair. I never say that sort of thing around my kid. Canceled. And I don't think my dad said that, but like Timing. coaches and teachers and other grownups would say that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and I don't do that anymore. But yeah. I, I got off track. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. I don't have Un- any idea. Unwavering no, I- <laughs> commitment to Ukraine with Russia on the border with tanks and trucks and stuff. I can think of uh, much more direct things to say. I mean, all right. So he's not going to say, if you move on Ukraine, you're at war with NATO. Maybe it's better not to say that. They have our unwavering support. How about... Any offensive move about Ukraine will be met with an overwhelming response. That's way stronger than unwavering support. I don't know. That's too wet. That's too weaselly. The other thing I'd like to know is how old and doddering does he sound when he's on the phone with a Putin? And when you went into the, uh, the, uh, you know, the Canada, no, not Canada. You went the, into, uh, does he do any of that? And cry, cry, uh, and Putin's thinking, oh my God, hello, are you? Crimea, Crimea. I went to, are you there? I, I went I mean, to, it's just, I mean, right? I, I, anyway. You know I went to do Crimea. Yeah. Look, not a joke. Crimea, look. <laughs> Three no things. Say it right in bushwhacking. Orange Kroger and Crocker Kroger is going to roll away. Three things. Number one, the first thing. <laughs> you know, we got to get a short clip of that to drop in. But, yeah, I, I do wonder that. What does unwavering support mean? I'd like to. You know what? It's time to have Mike Lyons on tomorrow. Yes. Get a hold of him, man. So we got to ask him what that means. Well, Lyons has the ability, being a military guy and keeping up on it, 
he can say, no, we can't do anything because we don't have this, that, and the other in place, um, for instance. Mm-hmm. So our stupid childish conversations are pointless when we don't have all the background. <laughs> wow, that's some good promotion of the show right there. <laughs> you understand this is being aired, right? Have you considered being good at your jobs? Thank you, sir. How about, how about this? If I'm Abe Lincoln... Uh, I'm on the phone with the uh, old lady, uh, what's-her-face in Germany. Now I sound like Joe Biden. Is, lady, uh, lady, lady. Is Angela Merkel still in charge? She is. She was going to give way at some point, but I don't think she, she has yet. That's and right. Benjamin Netanyahu apparently are going to be in charge for the rest of my life. Yeah, no kidding. Although, yeah, they're trying to figure out who should take over for her. That's right. Uh, anyway, but I'd be on the phone to Angela Merkel saying, look, baby, probably should wow. her, baby. I mean, probably, wow. that probably Come wouldn't on. do anybody any good. Uh, Madam uh, Chancellor. Fraulein, I only know that from. Uh, yeah, that's good. From watching TV shows. Hogan's show. Hero? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, she's Frau, by the way. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> uh, Frau Merkel. Uh, you'd have to say to her, look, Angie, baby, you've got to be <laughs> ready to cancel your pipeline project with Pooter. And you got to call him and oh, tell him that oh right now. And then we got to be on the phone to uh, to the other European powers and have them perhaps quietly uh, blowing in a call to the pooter or or, or or texting him or whatever. Come on, and baby. Say, hey, you, Vlad. You guys can be tough. I've seen the black and white films. Come on, honey. Vlad, no wheat for you, says, you know, France, for instance. Um Otherwise, Vlad will move. He proved it. Grab in Crimea, now that it's in the past, it seems like, well, of course he did. But that was an extraordinary thing to do in a time of peace. I mean, that was, that was bold-faced expansion, uh, geographical expansion, uh, colonialism, if you want. Although it's not a colony, it just is now. Seven so. years ago. And- oh, my gosh, is that right? I'll be danged. Reward offered in the theft of the world's longest rabbit. Well, and as I asked earlier, how hard are you allowed to pull on the rabbit? Nobody's stretching the rabbit, which sounds like a naturally occurring phenomena. Well, no, but to get the rabbit to full length, you'd have to tug on it gently, at least. Because I don't know. Rabbits don't naturally stretch out to their full length. It does sound like a euphemism. Sorry I didn't answer the phone. I was stretching the rabbit. Unfortunate. Um, <clears throat> but so I presume you can't, like, really tug on it. Again. Um, reward offered in the theft of the world's longest rabbit. His name wow. is Darius. He has a name. I, I don't He has a name. A Does he answer to rabbit? it? No. <laughs> you used to have a rabbit, and you spent a great deal of money uh, to get it fixed when it was sick. So Yeah, and you know what? Don't be uh, dismissive. Uh, little D came to pick up some of her stuff the other day, including a painting that uh, a friend of the family had done of Butterscotch the Rabbit, uh, which was uh, beautifully rendered. And it, it brought it tugged my heartstrings, uh, not only because of the rabbit, but that time in Little sure. D's life. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Boy, I know yeah. that already. My kids are, are that age now. Yeah. Um, uh, I just want my bunny back, says the 68-year-old owner of the rabbit, an 11-year-old giant something or other, continental giant rabbit. Yeah, which, those are BFRs, man, if which, you've never seen those things. Which was declared the world's longest at four feet three inches long. That's a person. <laughs> Give it to me. I'll make it 4'4". Four, four. <laughs> 
Wow. I kid, of course. I would never hurt a beast. And, I don't have it in me. Uh, they're offering, Unless it would taste good in a frying pan, then I'll yank it out of the water by its face. They're offering $2,750 for a reward. I'll give it back to you for 2600 2800 <laughs> No. Nah, you can go ahead and keep it. 2750 is as high as I'm going. Um... Uh, but they breed it for for other people who want really long rabbits and the uh, the babies. Who doesn't babies and a rabbit can have a lot of babies. They're selling about for three hundred forty dollars a piece. And I'm sorry, did you give us a uh, it's forty some inches long, four foot three? Yeah, that's that's an astonishingly oh, yeah. large rabbit. If it were standing on its hind legs, yeah, it'd be the size of like an eight year old. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean. Just the bulk of the thing. It's got to be like a, I don't know, a golden retriever, right? And then finally, in long beast news, the biggest smalltooth sawfish ever measured washed ashore in Florida. Too many adjectives in that animal's name. It's the biggest. What? It's a smalltooth sawfish, and it's the biggest one. It's a BFBSS. It's the no. biggest one anybody's ever seen. The sawfish. I remember that as a kid. It's got like the long snout and the. Uh... Yep. Yeah, the little uh, saw teeth. This on one's it. extraordinary. Yeah. I got a picture here of it here. It's 16 feet long and weighs as much as a horse. Look at that son of a gun. Which I'm working on myself with my eating habits. Yeah. Wow, that's some fascinating animal news there. My son made gluten-free cake yesterday, as we are a gluten-free family, and he uh, comes up with his own concoctions, and we don't always pay a lot of attention, and he doesn't tell us to <laughs> we're eating it, what's in there. But anyway, <laughs> that's, he, that's courage, fan, folks. I mean, that is the definition of courage. And in the past, when he's younger, he's used things like toothpaste and all kinds of things. But Oh, jeez. He's, he's moved on from that, but he didn't put syrup in the batter. It was the densest cake I've ever seen. <laughs> Like, Iran would like to enrich this. <laughs> I mean, it was dense. Yellow cake cake <laughs> for exactly. friends of nuclear refining. You know how it is. You're eating something your kids make. This is fantastic. Mm. Mm. <laughs> so you lie to them. Interesting. <laughs> well, he's the size. My son's the size of a giant rabbit. I mean, he deserves some respect. <laughs> Certainly. So one of the trends in America that will result in nothing good is retailers are now being encouraged not to even call the cops when people commit crimes in their stores. Oh, boy. To prevent somebody, you know, from getting shot or something or knelt on. We are giving away society, I think. The world's shortest giraffe is missing. (laughs) You know, there's part of me that would prefer that. I'll stay tuned. All this on the way. We don't have a 64. We're not doing that here. Okay. Yeah. Well, Hanson was yelling it in our ear, so I was confused. I thought I'd missed something. I woke up confused. Uh, you know what? I actually woke up in a great cheery mood today, and then I watched the video out of San Jose, California, where the cops are being sued and the city's being sued for uh, beating up and manhandling this young couple in a hotel. And I watched it unfold, and I watched Escalation instead of de-escalation. 
And granted, I have not heard the unseen side of the story because you can creatively edit videotape and give a very, very different uh, impression than the reality. Mm-hmm. But it it appeared from the video to be hard-ass cops who were more than happy to put a lick into people who didn't deserve it. Right. And it pissed me off so much. I just, I, it caused, it caused domestic uh, problems. The idea of bullying by the government sickens me. It pisses me off viscerally. And I'd, I'd like you to know when you listen to this show, if we say, hey, we've taken a look at this case and it looks like the cops were in the right that's not some sort of knee-jerk conservative the cops are always right attitude because the cops aren't always right far from it no that video where that 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 cop was yelling at the guy you're about to ride the lightning i thought what the hell dude he's a piece of crap that guy and i'm glad he's fired yeah yeah an active duty military officer by the way who is being as polite as could be um, and then there are a number of inaccuracies, well, lies in the report and in his verbal pronouncement, the cop's verbal pronouncements as to what happened. God, and how long has that cop been doing that to how many people that he soured on policing in this country forever? Right. And made it more dangerous and harder for cops everywhere to sure. do their jobs. It's like we were saying earlier, and it's partly because it, there's a new era, because everything's recorded all the time, including body cameras, which I think are a great development both for cops and for uh, citizens, non-cop citizens, but uh, it's a new era, guys and gals, and um, and I'm telling you this because we can see it from kind of thirty thousand feet, and because we're huge supporters of law enforcement, you all, peace officers, need to root out the bad cops as fast as you can, as fast as you can. Trust me on this for your benefit. Now, as lovers of liberty, uh, it's for our benefit, too. It's for everybody's benefit. But trust me, my friends who are peace officers, you need to do this. I'm telling you because I care about you. My interactions with police are very few in my life. I don't I have to sit and think about it for a while, but it ain't very many. Um, and they've all been good. I've not had a single bad interaction with a police officer in my life. So that informs a lot of my thinking about policing you know it's easy for me to just assume that's the way it is for everybody Mm -hmm. all the time um but i realize when i watch these videos it's not man watching that one guy in his his military gear with his hands on the window so they can see his hands saying what am i being pulled over for um uh that scared me i thought i don't know how i'd react in that situation i'd be scared to death i'll tell you that i would be scared to freaking death that they're gonna well, how about you communicate that in the moment, and the officer says, well, you should be. Yeah, no kidding. Oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As a, he as a saying, black man in semi-rural Virginia? At night, in the dark. I'm scared yeah. right now. Well, you ought to be. I'd be thinking, I'm going to die right here or get beaten up or something. Yeah. Now, at the same time, there were a handful of cops shot, uh, including one to death. I believe it was just one, but... Uh, in the last uh, 36 hours in America. It's a dangerous job. Every traffic stop could be the last moment of that cop's life. Life. So don't act like their life is like yours and your rules should apply to cops. Because that's not true either. And we really need a sane discussion of policing in America and not the activist horse crap that we're hearing mostly. Having said that, this is a hell of a story. I'd like to give credit to our uh, whatever listener sent this along because it was a good find. But from the Minneapolis Star Tribune, 
George Floyd died in police custody after a corner store clerk reported that he'd used a fake $20 bill, a nonviolent offense so low level that police don't usually take people to jail for it, which is true. Now, as the trial over his death continues to unfold, criminal justice reform experts mm, and diversity specialists who are hoping the case will prompt retailers, get this, from small businesses to major chains to reassess how they treat black and other minority customers and how they handle loss prevention cases more equitably. In other words, you got to let the black folks steal. You can't do anything if anybody of color commits a crime in your store or steals from you. You just got to let them go. They quote a social professor at Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland who studied racial profiling in retail settings. While interactions with the police can be fairly infrequent, everyone shops. When black people are asked about the context where they are treated unfairly due to the race, shopping in a store ranks above all other settings, including interactions with police. So... Now, of course, you shouldn't be treating people unfairly, but certainly in loss prevention, there are certain behaviors that look sketchy that you're supposed to look out for or pay attention to. But then there's also that profiling that we know what happens, said this diversity expert. So you got to let the, the black people steal is the main uh, the, the thrust of this article in the major uh, paper of Minneapolis St. Paul. Where does this lead? I don't know. I would think word would get around. You'd have so much theft, you couldn't even keep your doors open. Ask San Francisco. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. This matters on a bunch of different levels, but on the most basic level, it's a voting rights question. In a democracy, one person equals one vote. If you change the population, you dilute the political power of the people who live there. So every time they import a new voter, I become disenfranchised as a current voter. So I don't understand why we don't understand this. I mean, everyone wants to make a racial issue out of it. Ooh, the you know white replacement theory. No, no, no. This is a voting rights question. I have less political power because they're importing a brand new electorate. Why should I sit back and take that? Tucker Carlson last night on his show with a really interesting discussion of illegal immigration in particular, but immigration and demographics and the way it affects voting. I didn't really buy that argument he made exactly. To me, it, it factors more into the discussion we've had many more times, or it's more it's better to look at it in terms of, how many people do we want for what reason, with what skills, what economic capability, what's best for the, the people of America, what are the costs, what are the benefits, just as a holistic thing as right. opposed to really fixating on on voting. Yeah, I heard one of my favorite pundits say, I don't understand why we would want more poor people. <laughs> I think when you break it down very simply like that sometimes, what's the upside to more poor people? And we're not race baiters around here, but as long as it's fashionable, the idea of uh, importing, you know, thousands and thousands, millions of people to compete with, say, black America and Hispanic America for, uh, starter jobs for your, uh, what do you call it? Your uh, ground floor type jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how does that benefit them? It doesn't. But so Tucker was was playing with fire a little bit, and the woke crowd is trying desperately to get rid of him, as they, they have been for years. Yeah, there's a bigger push than ever to try to get Tucker booted off of Fox, and he is often the top-rated cable news show most of the time. Yeah, period, among period. all the networks, yeah. the cable networks. Uh, but uh, So anyway, uh, w- the reason it's somewhat dangerous ground he's on is occasionally you'll have uh, on these white supremacist uh, marches, you'll have people chanting, you will not replace us. And um, and they'll talk about, you know, whatever ethnic or religious group replacing the white folks. And Tucker was trying to make the point that this has nothing to do with race, that the left has been out and proud saying, we want to change the demographics of this place and that place, because then we will win the votes. And he had uh, quotes from Julian Castro at one point and others talking about what a great strategy that was. And if they're saying it's a great strategy, how can it be as a conservative? Right. You can't say, hey, this is obviously your strategy and I don't like it. But then in case you're not convinced, in case you're thinking, what do you mean? Tucker had some great examples in uh, clip 61. When you change who votes, you change who wins. That fact has nothing inherently to do with race or nationality. It's the nature of democracy. It is always true. You can watch it happen. You probably have. All across the country, we have seen huge changes in election outcomes caused by demographic change. New people move and they vote differently. As a practical matter, it doesn't matter what they look like or where they're from even. All that matters is is that they have different political views. This is every bit as true when the migrants come from Brookline as when they come from Oaxaca. In Vermont, white liberals fleeing the mess they made in New York turned the state blue. As recently as 1992, Vermont was reliably Republican. Hard to believe as that is. Vermont is now a parody of lifestyle liberalism. That's demographic change at work. You see the same thing happening in the state of New Hampshire as refugees from Massachusetts flood north and bring their bad habits with them. Montana, Idaho, Nevada all face similar problems. The affluent liberals who wrecked California aren't sticking around to see how that ends. They're running to the pallid hideaways of Boise and Bozeman, distorting local culture and real estate markets as they do it. Pretty soon, people who were born in the Mountain West won't be able to live there. They'll be, yes, replaced by private equity barons, yoga instructors, and senior vice presidents from Google. Beautiful places are always in danger of being overrun by the worst people. Ask anyone who grew up in Aspen. (laughs) I love that. And then he goes quite aptly into California politics. California, until the late 80s, uh, really, I guess no, it was uh, several years into the 90s, was uh, reliably Republican and then pretty Republican for a while. And now there is not a single statewide office held by a Republican. The Democrats in both houses of the legislature have super majorities. Why? Part of it's Trump hatred, hatred of the Iraq war, but most of it is because the Democratic Party did the calculus that the more Hispanic people they can import, um, legally or illegally, and get on a path to citizenship, the more Democratic voters they would have. And they were correct. So is it racism to call them on it? Well, Tucker pointed out also in the report that, look, if the people are coming from within the United States, there's just nothing you can do about it. You can, and, and folks who are outside of the blue western states, I would strongly encourage you to do this. Start the Don't California My Idaho movement. Get a bumper sticker. Pitch it at your city council. You need to stand up 
for the place where you live, or it will be overrun by the hedge fund managers and yoga instructors or whatever he said. So if they come with from the United States, all you can do is 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 fight it fairly and and with uh, with a patriotism in local government. But if they are being intentionally imported illegally from foreign lands, surely a citizen can stand up and say, "I'm against this because I believe it is being done for nefarious purposes." That's not racism, not at all. One would think. Oh, I love the other example he gave. If it was, if there were a million Polish people who tend to vote conservatively, if there were a million Polish people on the uh, Mexican border, Joe Biden and company would build that wall so fast your head would spin. Don't kid yourself. I so think true. I think that's probably true. Don't don't be cowed into silence. If you're not a racist, you have nothing to fear from people calling you a racist. Just don't be a racist. A couple of breaking news stories we ought to hit you with. Um, this is actually breaking, and it doesn't matter to you, but it's kind of interesting. Egypt has seized that ship that was bro- blocking the canal and is demanding $10 billion uh, or a billion dollars in compensation because of all the money it cost hmm. the country. Hmm. I don't know who's supposed to pay, but they've seized the ship and they're holding on to it. If we could sell some of the ten billion in cargo on the ship, we could pay you. I know, man. Um, I'd uh, I'd have hauled my poop deck out of town, but quick. I can't believe they're still anywhere uh, near Egypt, huh? They weren't allowed to leave as soon as it got oh. unstuck. They, they they got quartered away, and they were trying to figure out the the compensation. They they cuffed the ship to the dock. I'm yeah. part of the put it back movement. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun every single day. Um, also, uh, Biden apparently on the phone with Putin today and uh, in strong terms uh, is being reported said, don't I'll wrap this chain around your head. <laughs> that's what he told him. Don't move on Ukraine. All right. Uh, so we hope that's going the right direction. But he also announced we're getting out of Afghanistan. We will have zero presence there as of September 11th, 2021, which will be the 20 year anniversary of 9-11. And the retrospectives on being in Afghanistan and all that will be uh, sickening, I'm guessing. Yes, Uh, and inaccurate. Back to you. Trillion-plus dollars spent, a couple thousand lives lost. What did we accomplish? Well, we financed the uh, Taliban quite nicely as they used the infrastructure we built to market opium and We'll talk, to we'll talk to Mike Lyons about that tomorrow, and uh, there'll be plenty of discussion over the next couple of months before before that happens. Um, the J&J vaccine has halt, been halted. That's the shot. You get one of them, and it's good enough, and that's the one everybody wanted to get. Well, now they've halted it, be, halted it because one out of a million people had developed, not died from, but developed some blood clot, blood clot problem. Seven out of seven million, so one out of a million. That is up against a disease that has killed, so far, one out of every 600 Americans. So you got a disease that so far killed one out of every 600. You got a vaccine that has sickened, not killed, blood clots, one out of a million. That seems like an odd reason to pull the drug, doesn't it? The math doesn't really work on that. Well, it would seem to be idiotic, yes. That's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Divided by 600 equals... Yeah, one out of 600. I had not realized that. That's notable, the vid. That one out of 600 Americans has died from it, yeah? Yeah, hell yeah. I mean, that happens every year from from cancer and heart disease, roughly, roughly, but uh, that's notable. 
On the other hand, yeah, it's it's you know my figures are it's it's less than one in a million, and uh, nobody died, and everybody's saying a certain number of people in the population have that problem anyway. But because I don't because we're stupid or what, they're going to delay it for thirty six hours like they did in in Europe. Oh no, I guess that was the AstraZeneca, wasn't it? It's similar similar things, but yeah, different vaccine. Yeah, similar clotting problem. I had a clotting problem once. Had nothing to do with nothing. Just happens. Right, right, and probably roughly one out of a million people. Um, and Mick Jagger of the Rolling Stones, he's their lead singer, and he can't get any satisfaction. And Dave Grohl, the lead singer for Foo Fighters, are teaming he's up, learning to fly. Yes, they're teaming up on a song about life in the pandemic. Oh, good, timely. Um, nobody asked for that. Nobody wanted that. I'm not sure I would have wanted it even last summer. But if I was ever going to want it, it would have been last summer. Well, Not and now, Der, Der Stones had a like a song that uh, I'm a ghost in a ghost town. Right. That was accidentally COVID appropriate. Now, if Dave Grohl and Mick Jagger want to make a song together, I'm sure. in favor of it. But it, it needn't be like topical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll, it'll be greater sucker. And I don't know. It'll be whatever yeah. it's going to be. Yeah, that song Paul McCartney did with uh, Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic in, uh, from uh, Nirvana a couple of years ago, that was great. That was really cool. Won awards. If you care. If you care. I don't care. Mick Jagger's very, very old. Well, they had to cancel their tour. That was one of the big tours that got canceled uh, early in the pandemic. Yep. And when you're their age, you're thinking, I ain't got that many, uh, I ain't got that many hopping around on stages left in me. No, no, indeed. It'll be interesting to see if they tour again. It'll be interesting to see when touring in general restarts. I, I have a bunch of concerts, well, not a bunch, a couple of uh, concerts that keep getting postponed, postponed, and postponed. I wish they'd give me my damn money back, but can't figure out how to get that going. I'm hoping this fall. Come on, surely by this fall, we have stadiums full of people, uh, you know, singing along. God, that's a long way away, though. That's a long way away. It'll go in the blink of an eye, old man. Wow. So if you're a, like a touring musician, you had to do dang near two years of not touring? A year and a half, certainly, yeah. Wow. It's been brutal. Doing online this and tip if you can that and right. teaching music lessons and mowing lawns and God knows what. I mean, because going into the vid, the even the bands you've heard of were not getting rich. They're, they're a small handful of musical artists that are making really good money. But a lot of them are making, like, you know, middle school teacher money. I can keep doing this for now money. Yes, exactly. They're not doing it for the money. They're doing it because they love it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Which is the history of minstrels throughout civilization. Minstrels? Yeah. So, I mean, it's not like You were going to go see minstrels? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I love a good minstrel show. I'm not paying to see a minstrel. Oh, the hopping around the Is flute. that that kind of music? Sure, occasional That's drums. That's what I'm picturing. Yeah, a little jingle jangle. They kind of dance down a path in shoes with curled up toes. Well, generally, no, they'll stay on the stage. <laughs> you know, times change, Jack. I'm not going to walk down a path after them. Uh, Paid good money to listen to you, minstrel. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Show. I'm 
Stone song about the pandemic. Yeah, it's the the old one. I'm not sure this was listened to six times total worldwide. Um, uh, the pausing of the J and J vaccine. The more I read about it, it's just moronic. It can't. I can't believe it actually happened in the United States of America. It's just. It's just moronic. It's. It's something a stupid country would do. Yeah, it's kind of appeasing the paranoia of stuff people heard. By contributing to their paranoia, probably, and causing more people to be afraid to get the shot. Well, I think what they're doing is we're going to take a real hard look to make sure it's safe. Yes, it is safe, and hope the the, 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 the common man goes along no, with it. No, it's going to go the other direction, and I agree with everybody who thinks so. It's going to go the other direction. You're going to have people who are already not going to get it confirmed in their beliefs. See, they're already con- whatever. That was a dumb thing to do. Something a dumb country does. I am going to buy an AR-15, I think. So if you have any suggestions, you could text me 415-295-KFTC or email wherever you email us. uh, And and I will look at your suggestions as to which model I should get or whatever. Uh, I have a friend who is a woman who has a pink and gray one. Oh, very cool. Very Um, nice. uh, I've got a couple of reasons. One of which is I think they're going to end up getting banned. If uh, especially if the Democrats hold on to power for very long, and I, I want to have one just because of that, that's 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 actually good enough reason for me because I can buy one now, and I'm going to. Um, but I also have many Vinny varmints, and it's supposed to be a great varmint gun. Oh, I'll bet it blow the hell out of a varmint. Um, that varies so much from state to state. It's the, the the gun laws are absolutely mesmerizingly confusing. I started in uh, researching on it and, and talking to a friend of mine and everything like that. And the simple ways you can get around the various laws that only punish, by the way, as always, law-abiding gun citizens. You know, somebody who's yeah. wanting to get the gun to do mayhem, it doesn't have any effect on them whatsoever. It only has any effect on anybody who has a good upstanding life, and it would really be a problem if they ever ran afoul of gun laws. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's always been the case with most gun laws. But anyway, uh, if you got any suggestions, and I will, I will get one, and I will, uh, and I will shoot things with it. Excellent. So, do you want those suggestions texted or what? Eh, however, you want to send them to us. Send them in the mail with a stamp. I don't care. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty dot com is the email address. Call Michael and talk to him. Uh, a, a buddy of mine who is a military guy and a pretty right-wing guy, uh, he he owns guns like this and doesn't think that Johnny Average probably should be able to. That's interesting. He's a right-winger military dude. Huh. Um, I'll see what I think after I have one for a while. Armstrong and Getty announced the boarding of the Final Thoughts Express. It's I not like exactly it. seasonally appropriate. Here's... <laughs> Here's your host for Final Thoughts, Joe Getty. Let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew, including our technical director in the control room, Michelangelo. Michael, a final thought? Yeah, for my birthday yesterday, I got a very nice Amazon card, and I think I'm going to... It's been about 20 years. I'm going to rejoin video gaming. I'm going to go oh, back. Really? And, yeah. I haven't played video games since like 1995. It's a wild world now. What do you got your eye on? I think an Xbox. You haven't played since when? Like 1995. Yeah, yeah. uh, I think it's quite a bit different now. Yep. Wow. Enjoy yourself. Positive Sean knows his way around a video game. Our producer, final thought? Uh, Yeah, I made a commitment myself to stop being cryptocurrency illiterate. I have set up a weekly purchase in a very small amount, tens of dollars. I'm just trying to dollar cost average my way 
into uh, a couple different cryptocurrencies, as I am now of the belief any investing strategy that does not have some exposure to that, I think, is incomplete. Wow. wow. How interesting. That is interesting. Jack, you're our co-host of Final Thoughts. I was looking at this opinion piece in the Washington Examiner. For the first time in U.S. history, we handed the reins of control to the most risk-averse people in the country. If we ever hope to return to normalcy, it's now abundantly clear that we'll have to take that power back. I love that, that quote. That's that, a great quote. That would include the J&J thing today. It's Sean, Sean, give me clip number 50. This is my final thought. Everybody needs to hear this. The co-founder of Black Lives Matter. Let's just talk about it. Am I a Marxist? I'm a lot of things. I do believe in Marxism. It's a philosophy that I learned really early on in my organizing career. We were taught to learn about the systems that were... Okay, that's fine. We get the idea. She's a Marxist. She says she's a Marxist. You know why I say she's a Marxist? Because she's a Marxist. So you believe as an investor I need to be in some sort of Bitcoin something or other there, Sean? I think it's some exposure to it. Um, Mm. There's companies that invest in it, so you can kind of get it through proxy by investing in those companies. Right. I think there's even uh, crypto ETFs or mutual funds that are going to start popping up. So having some sort of exposure, if not directly the, the cryptocurrencies themselves. Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We have all sorts of great clicks under hot links for you. Drop us an email. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I'm going to invest in pro bowling NFTs. I think those those are going to be good. That counts. God bless America. We've reached a critical point. I want to thank you both. De minimis. De minimis. And you, sir, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? You get everything. You piece of shit. Loser. Come on! Oh man! The loco! So I apologize for thinking that you ate babies. So say it with me! See, si, say Padre! What is wrong with you people? Can I ask our producers, can we uh, get out of here, please? De minimus, de minimus, de minimus. Words. That high note? Thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.